This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. This episode is one where sometimes you just really click with the person and it's such an amazing feeling and I'm like smiling so big right now because today's guest, Jen Lauren and I not only just recorded Seeing Other People together, but before that we spent an hour recording an episode of her podcast together, Dare to Self Care cough, cough, go listen to it, then come back and listen to this. Um, And we just are literally the same person and like have such similar backgrounds of how we got to where we are now and really just hit it off. And she's so wonderful. She is a self-care and wellness content creator. She is a YouTuber. She has an amazing YouTube channel and she also hosts the podcast Dare to Self-Care. So you guys definitely need to check her out. This episode is really, really awesome. She's been in a relationship for 10 years. And so we talk a lot about navigating life changes and really growing up with your partner and getting through different transitional phases of life together. And uh, they recently moved in together. So we talk a lot about that and the different challenges that come with moving in together and how to maintain your independence through that and how to make time for work and for friends and for life and um, really make sure you're also making time for yourself. So this is a really great episode for anyone at any stage of relationship or not, because we spend a lot of time talking about healthy relationships too, and how to know whether or not you're in one and whether or not the dating situation you're in now is set up to become a healthy relationship. So definitely get excited. This episode is so exciting. It was such an honor to have Jen on and let's get into it. I am so excited to announce that Mindset Wellness has doubled the discount code for the Seeing Other People family this year. That is insane, you guys. Instead of getting 10% off, now if you are a member of the Seeing Other People community and you use the code Seeing Other People at checkout, you can get 20% off your entire order and free shipping. So this is a huge game changer. If you've been on the fence about trying Mindset Wellness CBD's products, now you really have no excuse. Being able to choose your mindset has been one of the most wonderful gifts I've been given over the past year, and nothing would make me happier than for you to feel empowered to choose your mindset too. Head to mindsetwellness.com and choose your mindset today. And of course, remember, code seeing other people at checkout, that will hook you up. And we are here with the amazing, incredible Jen Lauren, who is also my new obsession. Jen, (laughs) welcome to seeing other people. Thank you for having me. Couldn't be happier to be here. I'm so happy. We're like having such a fun time right now. 
This is the best day ever. Literally. This is a great <laughs> afternoon. Um, I know. I wish we did it in person at this point. I know. It's so funny because like, oh, I'm always so hesitant when people are like, oh, like I'll be in New York, like during these dates, you want to do it in person? I'm like, I really don't. Like, I know. It's also, I feel like you started yours virtually too. So it's just not, it's not the norm where everyone else had to learn how to do it virtually. And we're like, wait, I have no idea how to set this shit up in person. Exactly. No, I've been in a studio with other people for like their recording their podcast once. And then the first episode of dating sucks, um, was it recorded in a studio and then the world shut down the following week. Uh, other than that, it's me, my computer and I, and you, your computer and you. I know, which makes you subject to so many technical difficulties, but it's fine. It's not going to happen. Knock on wood. We're doing great. Uh, So Jen is the host of Dare to Self Care, and she and I are going to talk about really like maintaining your independence in a healthy relationship. Um, She's been in a relationship for the past 10 years, which I'm super excited to talk about. I know we talk a lot about dating on here, but if you guys actually succeed in dating, you end up in a relationship. And so we need to know how to do that in a healthy way, in a way that's going to last. And Jen has a lot of experience with that. And of course, with the whole theme of self-care and mental health, we're going to talk about how to really like stay true to who you are and make sure you're prioritizing yourself while also making your relationship work and all that good stuff. You ready for it? Yes, I love all of that. Okay, amazing. I love that you love it. Um, (laughs) So let's start with your relationship. Tell me how you and your boyfriend met. High school sweethearts. You don't hear that every day. No. Um, We met sophomore year of high school. We completely knew of each other. We grew up in the same towns, but it felt like we knew everyone and all of each other's friends except each other. Like we were the only people who just weren't friends. And one night at like a high stupid high school party, we were just like, we're not friends. We should be friends. And just like instantly hit it off and had banter and we're flirting from day one and like said we were best friends the night we started talking. I'm like, you're my new best friend and like an annoying sophomore in high school way. Um, Little did I know he would end up being my best friend. And we've been together for 10 years, went to college together too, not intentionally. Um, And it all surprisingly worked out. (laughs) Wow. That is crazy. I know. That is rare. I know. I know. It's it's actually, I know it's very rare, but recently I've been meeting many people who have also been in a relationship for 10 years, which is a weird thing that keeps happening. Do you guys so have a little group happen. chat, the 10-year dating? No, but we chat. should. We should. <laughs> it's a club. I'm not in it, but it's okay. I have my other clubs. Um, I actually think it's better to experience dating and other people to eventually find your person, but it is what it is. <laughs> but you're not going to complain and you're not going to- Not um, at all. You're not going to undo that and um, go do that not to that and end up with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) so many questions, like how, what, how, Um, but okay. So this was sophomore year of high school and then you guys started dating and you mentioned that you ended up going to the same college unintentionally. And I definitely want to get to like hear more about that because I know for me, and I've shared this on the podcast before, um, but for anyone who's listening, who is unaware I was in a relationship in high school where like I literally thought like this was it you know and and that that person was my person and um he was a year younger than me and I wanted to stay together when I went to college and he was 
in his senior year. And he, he put his foot down was like, no, like I can't do that. And it literally made me like not want to go to college. Like I, I had no interest in, in the application process. I had no interest in like choosing what school to go to. I just was not excited because this relationship, I, I knew me going to college meant that it was ending. And, um, for me, it was definitely like a really eye-opening experience once I got to college and was like, oh, cool. I can just like go do whatever. But at the same time, I still at that point, like wished more than anything, like we were still together. So I obviously like we both know that most relationships don't make it through college. Um, so yeah, how did this end up happening? And, and how did you guys make it work? Well, so I actually did not expect it to work out and not because of our relationship or you know what like what we had but just simply because I had older siblings I had parents who were like this is your high school boyfriend you've been with him for three years like it you're not like in my mind I didn't know anyone who was together for more than like three years like it was just like oh this is gonna end like I just I just assumed um and honestly I knew he had wanted to go to Tulane so if I really I'm sure there was some subconscious thought that was like I want to go to the same school as him, but truly it was not conscious because I could not and still can't see myself going anywhere else. I didn't like any of the schools I got into. Like truly, I just wanted to go to Tulane, but I'm sure knowing that he had loved it also definitely made it more attractive to me and more appealing. We didn't really have a conversation, I don't think about, not that I can remember about like, are we staying together? It was more so just like, oh, I guess we're going to college together. Like he, he always says now, like he honestly was mentally prepared to just like break up when we went separate ways. Like we just, I don't think either of us had ever seen a very healthy long-term relationship. So we just didn't expect to A, go to college and stay dating and never break up. Like that just was never a thought so much so where our first year I was an absolute psychopath like I don't know how we're still together I was the, a jealous bitch like oh my I, god he he will tell you he doesn't know how he did it like I don't know how or why he stayed with me but I was just expecting him to like go find we were in like this bubble from high school and I, he's such a cool different kid that I was expecting him to go find like a cool different girl that's like from New Orleans or something. And just like him, he's just like that kind of person that likes to see the world. So I was like, he's going to find some cool bitch and I'm, I hate my life. And so I, every time I get drunk, every time I would see him look at another girl or just talk to a friend that I didn't know, I would drunk cry and like lose my shit. So (laughs) by no means was this like no challenges absolutely perfect but through that first year I think I realized wow I can trust him because nothing's happened he didn't dump me and then I think that's just where the trust and the foundation was built and really I think our greater relationship was formed after that I don't even think in high school was that deep yeah wow I mean did, did you guys ever break up at any point We had a break for 12 hours where he was crying, trying to break up with me. And I said, no. (laughs) I said, we'll go on a break. (laughs) You don't want to do this. Um, And like, that was it. And then the next day he texted me. Like, we really didn't break up. You know, of all of the couples I've (laughs) talked to who have like been together since high school, like they have broken up. Of course. And (laughs) like- normal. (laughs) For more than 12 hours. Yeah. Like- 
props to you guys for making it through. That's like honestly so props impressive. Props to him. Props to him. Because I don't think your crazy <laughs> <Exactly>. ass <laughs> through my crazy phase. <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, it's really comforting to me as somebody who has like struggled in dating and always looked at people like you and and been envious because it it kind of makes you human that you had a, a psycho phase and that you were jealous and that it wasn't easy. I think um there and and the reason I brought up that like every couple that I know that's been together for this long is broken up is I feel like there are just a lot of misconceptions when we think about successful relationships and people who have been together for so long and our friends who have always like been like on from one relationship to the next it's it's a sense of like well why why does it work for them and not me or why can somebody love them endlessly and not me and why are their relationships perfect but mine aren't and it's like everyone's got their own shit and and we're all human absolutely and the longer you're together the more shit you'll see because also like the more shit that happens to each other in your personal lives like whether it's grieving or gaining weight or whatever it is like there's even more shit when you're with someone for that long but that's I feel like where the trust and the deep connection and friendship really lies is because you've gone through so much together and you get through it together absolutely so on that note Obviously, you you and and him have changed so much since high school. Like these are I I truly feel like from like your senior year of high school until eight years later, which is like where I guess I'm at. No, I'm a little past that now. Jesus. Um, but like those are truly like the most transformative years of your life. Um, and so that is kind of my biggest question of like how did you guys change individually and change together and change in a way where it allowed your relationship to continue and to ultimately thrive. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody could tell you exactly what skincare products you need based on your personal skin problems? And wouldn't it be even nicer if then they would ship those products right to your door with instructions on what to use and when to use them? Well, have you met Curology? Curology is a game-changing custom skincare made for you by a dermatology provider. They'll create a custom prescription cream for your specific goals, whether that's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or something else. You start by taking a short quiz online and uploading photos, and if it's a good fit, they'll ship your formula directly to your door, and it even has your name on the bottle. I loved the process of taking the quiz in the beginning. It's like a BuzzFeed quiz, but it's about your skin and your goals and your pain points, and then when you're done... Instead of being told what character you're like, you're told exactly what products you need. And then I loved hearing from my Curology Dermatology prescriber who afterwards told me what products I'd be receiving and how they would help me achieve the results that I want. It is such an amazing process. The products are top of the line and I am so happy with how it has been going. So if you are ready to take control of your skin so you can feel like your best, most confident self in your daily life and in your dating life, get started with Curology just like I did. Go to Curology.com slash seeing other people and you will get a free 30-day trial. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash seeing other people to start your free 30-day trial. Cancel anytime, prescription subject to consultation. Back to the episode. I love this question because I think it's the most significant part of our relationship even today because we both allow each other and encourage each other to grow as individuals. And we always have, like, it's just such a prominent thing in our relationship. We're so communicative and so open as people that like, if he, I don't know, just discovers something spiritually that I'm not into at all, but he's into, I'm like, you should absolutely like 
share it with me. I'll make fun of you, but also like tell me all about it. And like, I'm so excited for you. Or if, for example, all of a sudden, six years into our relationship, I want to start a YouTube channel and put myself out there online. That's my thing. And he was supportive the entire time, even if in his head, he's like, what is she doing? Which thank God, lucky for me, he wasn't. But we've just always allowed each other to grow and almost push each other to grow too. Like if he wanted to completely quit his job and become a farmer or something, even if it means like financially, I would be fucked. I would be like, if that's what you want to do, you have to do it. Like I, we never want the other to resent the other person. We always want to push each other to be like the most ourselves we can be and to be able to grow without ever resenting the other person. Like we truly just, our friendship is so solid that we just want to support each other. Wow. I love that. Going back to the friendship thing, how long were you guys like quote unquote friends first before you started like being boyfriend, girlfriend? Did you just jump into like- No, we weren't. You weren't. Okay. Which is so crazy because you would think because like we went to the same high school and everything. Yeah. We we were friends for probably a year before we were ever dating, but it was like flirty friends that clearly yeah. have a crush on each other but are just with other people kind of thing. Yeah. But you know what? Honestly, I think the way a high school relationship works and is built is that like- you, ju- you guys just were each other's best friends that like kissed sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> he literally says that all the time when people are like, how is it living together? He's like, I live with my best friend who I kiss. Yeah, literally. <laughs> that exact thing. That's yeah. And that's funny. how it should be. That's why when people are in like, when friends are telling me about their toxic relationships, I just want to shake them and be like, it actually can just be easy and fun. Like it really can be. It shouldn't be that hard. Right. And like, I know people say relationships are hard. They take work. But like, if you're a team, you're, you don't have, like, you have someone just encouraging you and pushing you in the best way at all times. Like it's, if anything, it makes certain things easier. Yeah. And yes, it's, it takes work in, in some ways, but that's, it's work that you're working on together. And it's work that you have to do individually to be your best self so that they can also be their best self. And yeah, it takes work, but it's not work of like, Every single day you're, you have to get over this new hump and you have to get through this thing together because your relationship is hanging on by a thread. It shouldn't be like And you're not happy. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Exactly. So after your crazy phase ended in college and you guys ended up making (laughs) it work throughout the rest of college, what was it like transitioning into the real world and dating there? Because I know, I mean, I'm just thinking about how, how friendships change through these these transitions and these changes and it's just it's really it's really big that you guys made it work through through this yeah and what's on that note but also what you were saying earlier about how we've changed as people individually and together last year he was like you know what's funny my favorite thing about you right now is something that you just started doing like this year like you just became this confident person who doesn't care and will put themselves on the internet and whatever and like all of a sudden, that's his favorite thing about me. But for the first eight years, that wasn't there. So it, it is interesting how our personalities evolve. But when you truly love someone and you're pushing them to grow and be the best version of themselves, you get to like watch them almost blossom and like cheer them on. Um, But after college, you know, it was kind of – it was interesting in college and after college in terms of most of your friends are are single. And most of your friends are in their party phase. And what was great for not being in a new relationship is we were able to party and be with our friends and like have that security in our relationship to know that it's it's not that we don't want to be with each other. We're just 
trying to prioritize these friendships. So I think that's one hard thing to navigate post-college is like you want to be with all these new college friends and go out and like do what everyone else is doing, but also prioritize your relationship. I think what really helped was having a roommate who was my best friend. So like I hung out with her every single day and then like my boyfriend would come over and hang out with both of us and we would all try and go out together. So I think that helped just being able to like mesh everyone together a little bit, but also it really wasn't a challenge. The biggest challenge was going to college. I think that's a very dating intensive and like party and drama phase of your life where post-college everyone's just trying to figure it out and figure their careers out. And it was kind of just a phase where we were both living with our roommates, both loved each other's roommates and were helping each other navigate career and like interviews and things like that. So it was honestly nice to have that support. I wouldn't say it was a challenge post-college. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think you made a really good point where like, in college, you had to navigate like partying and and all these different changes that were happening and like drinking a lot and going out and stuff. And then after college, like, yeah, like I love what you said about everyone kind of just trying to figure out how to like make life work and how to operate. Be an adult. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> we're all still trying to figure out. Um, I think it's, I think it's really important that you guys liked each other's roommates. Um, have you experienced any situations where you haven't liked each other's friends and it's gotten in the way? Thankfully, no. I I mean, we both grew up with each other's high school friends and we went to school together. Right, so true. Our, wow. Yeah. So when I go to like any of his friends' events or anything, I know everyone. So and vice versa. So what's nice is we never have to worry about, which I think is a big thing when you bring someone new into your friends, you kind of have this like worry about babysitting or are they going to feel awkward and that whole thing that we we don't have to necessarily worry about and each of us our roommates were our best friends that we were already friends with so yeah that that situation worked out but I I do have friends that that's that's been an issue where like when your friends don't mesh with your boyfriend it just makes for an awkward situation and I think it makes for more separation too because your friends resent you more because they don't like your boyfriend so they're like why are they spending time with that guy where I feel like they'll be more supportive if they're like oh you're going to dinner tonight like have fun tell him I say hi I love him like it it definitely makes it a lot easier to all get along yeah I've definitely been on both sides of that and neither side is enjoyable whatsoever Yeah. (laughs) So at what point did you guys decide like, okay, we're going to try to live together. Like we want to live together in X number of years. How did you navigate that? Interestingly enough, living together was like my biggest fear. And I think that's interesting because we were dating for nine years, nine and a half. I, I really wanted to live alone. I lived with my best friend for a year out of college. And then I was like, I'm probably going to, Ethan wanted to move in with me. Like literally a year out of college. I don't know why. I was absolutely adamant about no, because I had this fear that like we were going to get sick of each other or like I loved how excited we got to see each other still after so long. And for some reason, I had this fear of like, if we live together, we're going to be like an old married couple that doesn't have fun and like gets on each other's nerves. And it just like for no matter how confident or secure you are in a relationship, like you have ideas of relationships that are embedded from a young age from what you've seen and whatnot and like that was just a fear of mine that it was gonna fizzle out the second we lived together so I I waited a long time and then honestly the pandemic like 
I was living alone for two years and just at a certain point, I was like, I want to be with you. Like, I'm kind of over this. I'm kind of lonely. I think it's time. And it just felt right. Like with everything in life, I really just wait for that gut feeling like, okay, this is the year. Mm -hmm. So I actually thought I'd move in with him after a year of living alone. And then I was like, okay, no, it was the pandemic. I barely got to live alone. I moved home. So I need another year. And he was super understanding and patient with that, luckily, because we're so openly communicative about who we are as people too, that he understood it wasn't like a personal thing. I just had like all these career goals and things I was doing in my apartment alone that I just like wanted to focus on. And I was scared that I'd get either not focused on my career goals and whatnot if I lived with him and then also scared that we would get sick of each other or something, Um, which thankfully we have not. (laughs) (laughs) Was he like jumping for joy when you finally were like, okay, like I changed my mind. I want to live together. Like, yes, but we also have such different ideas of budget, where to live, and all of that. So that was such a different thing for us to navigate. Like, as similar as we are in terms of our values, we are very different people in a lot of ways. And, like, our ideal, our ideas about money and where to live, like, he's not a city guy. He's a nature guy. So he moved back to Long Island during the pandemic, and he was not – excited to come back into the city so part of him was like fuck I don't want to move back into the city but he was very excited to live with me yeah Support for seeing other people is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below the waist grooming and hygiene. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and so many of you have been asking what to get as a last-minute gift for the guy that you just started seeing or for the guy you've been dating for a year. And guess what? I have the perfect gift. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. There's nothing men want more than a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving their favorite time in the bathroom. Manscaped engineered the ultimate body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. The Lawnmower 4.0 features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced safe skin technology. If you're like, oh, well, my man already has a razor, what would he need this for? Listen, he might still be shaving his face and body with the same trimmer, and we are putting those days in the past. We are done. They're not happening anymore. I told my boyfriend I was hooking him up with the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, and he was so excited to get his hands on it, though I'm holding it hostage until the 14th. And for my guys listening, if you don't have a Valentine this year, you're allowed to treat yourself too. In fact, I kind of insist that you do. This Valentine's Day, get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE. Wow. Okay. I'm really glad you brought up having like those differences though, because that's something, I mean, whether or not anyone who's listening has experienced it with a significant other. I mean, that's, and I, and I haven't yet, but that's something I know was a huge, huge problem when it came to graduating college and moving in with friends. And I experienced a situation where like my two best friends and I, I went to live together after college and, um, we all wanted to move in at a different time. We all wanted to live in a different area and we all wanted to spend a different amount of money. Yeah. And And it's the same thing. Yeah. And it was a disaster and there were tears from everyone and our parents got involved and stuff. And so how, especially like with this being the first time you guys had to deal with that, how did you deal with it? And and how did you kind of decide like, okay, we need to like work together on this rather than be enemies at this? Yeah. I think it's really important. We're so open at all times where I have friends and there's, I'm not saying it's like a negative thing, but I have friends who are like, how did you have that conversation? I want to live with him and I don't know how to say it. Or like they make it this big moment, this big conversation. 
we never had this big moment or big conversation because we were just constantly keeping each other in the loop on where we were at. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like, let's sit down, discuss if we're going to live together, discuss our budget. Like it wasn't this big, scary discussion. I think when you frame it like that, you can really set yourself up to start arguing or like, also one thing that happened was, I, I don't know what I said. I can't remember what it was, but I think I said I wanted to this type of apartment or something. And he had a totally different idea. And I like freaked out internally and like he could see it on my face. And he just looked at me and he was like, we're allowed to disagree. Like, it's okay. Nothing's going to happen to us. Like we can have a difference in opinion on certain things. Like it doesn't mean we're not supposed to be together. And it sounds so stupid and small of a thing, but like I'm such a people pleaser and a perfectionist in all of my relationships and trying to be the best everything that the second he said that this veil sort of lifted of like, okay, it doesn't mean that we're not meant to be together. If we have a difference in where we want to live, he likes nature. I like city. Like it's okay. And the second he said that just allowed me to like approach conversations about it in such a more chill way and like open and hearing him out, him hearing me out, figuring out where we can meet in the middle instead of being super defensive, like shit, you're so if you have a soulmate, you're supposed to agree on all of this. And like, if you don't change your mind on this, we're done. Like instead, it just made me feel more chill. Like, okay, we're going to be okay. We're just going to figure this out together. And approaching it that way made him so much more chill and responding to me. And we just figured it out together as a team rather than being like on two opposite ends of what we want. Instead, it was like, we're both moving in together. We both want to live together. So let's figure it out together how we're going to navigate this. Yeah, I think that's incredible, especially because, I mean, just being defensive all the time and and thinking that, okay, like, well, this is what I want, but this is what they want. One of us is going to have to convince the other to cave. Like, that is not a good way to have any type of conversation. And it might take time and it might take, like, figuring out, like, okay, like, I'll compromise on this and then you'll compromise on that. But it's that's what it has to be. It has to be a discussion and, like, you guys working together and – and I think that's great that you were able to have it like over time, like one piece at a time rather than what, like what you said, like how your friends are like, okay, I want to live with them, but I don't know how to tell them. And it has to be this like big, scary conversation. And it, it like should never be like that, regardless of yeah. what the conversation is. Um, it just doesn't have and, to be. Yeah. And you also don't have to come up with one grand solution of like who wins. What we ended up doing, we were like, Let's look all over the city. Let's we like took one Saturday, one Sunday, looked at like six apartments each day in all different areas, all different budgets, everything. And we just made a day out of it. We were like, let's just make it fun. And what we found by doing that, one, we had a great time, two, and like it made us excited because we were just enjoying it. But like two, you agree on a lot more than you think. Mm -hmm. And not everything has to be this or that. If you just go out and look at the places. Someone might be like, okay, honestly, I hate Fidei, but I love this apartment. Like, let's just do it. I know you like Fidei and I'm obsessed with this apartment. Let's do it. So for things like that, it's kind of like we don't have to make this grand like decision. Let's just go out and look mm -hmm. when it comes to like apartment hunting. And then I feel like it just sorts itself out. It also might be fully out of your control. I mean, I have friends who are looking for apartments right. now and they've applied to like five and gotten shut out of everything. So you might have to look in 10 different places and – the places that you both wanted, you, you're not going to, you might not end up in anyway. So it's like, yeah, why? we were both let down. Yeah. We were both let down in the end, but at the, at the end of the day, it was like, 
okay, this is what we're doing. Let's figure it out. And because we're, I mean, we love the area. We're in a tiny apartment, but like, we're kind of taking the approach of like, if we can get through this get through tiny space together, we can get through anything. And so I think it's just about approaching everything as a team when it comes to those big decisions. Yeah, definitely. So once you found the apartment, what was it like to actually move in together? I mean, I was talking to someone recently and and they said like the first month was like a honeymoon and the second month was a disaster. And um, I was talking to Jake about that and I'm like, oh no, is that going to happen to us? Um, so I'm definitely wondering what it was actually like for you guys. What's interesting is I feel like my situation was the opposite. I I even spoke about this on my podcast too. I was like, I thought month one was going to be honeymoon phase. It was stress. I mean, we're moving into this tiny apartment. We're trying to figure it out. We're not comfortable because you don't have all your furniture yet. You know, like you're just trying to make a home a home. Mm -hmm. So it's not really comfortable. It's not sexy. Like, well, in a New York City tiny apartment. Like it was just, we're just trying to figure this out. And I was like, wait, I thought this was going to be this grand honeymoon phase. And instead, we're both just like on edge and we weren't, it wasn't like fighting or anything crazy, but it was just, it wasn't a honeymoon phase. And I was just like, this is not what I expected. Now that we're more settled in. Also, I feel like maybe I was, you know, when you're expecting something to go a certain way. So I was like, oh, we're going to move in together. We're going to start hating each other. Like I had all these fears. Yeah. It was almost like I was like on edge waiting for those and also stressed because moving sucks. So that was the first month for me. And then the second month, and again, the whole time we were open about it with each other, we were like, this isn't as great as me. Like, fuck, we can't. We're not comfortable. But it was like, as a team, we're not comfortable. Like, it wasn't about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, we don't have as much time as we thought we would with each other, blah, blah, blah. And then now that we're more settled, it's been so much better because we can like get excited to see each other and know that we're still excited to see each other and – Luckily, he doesn't work from home. So when he comes home, I can like get excited. And we're, he's like, for some reason, really funny in the mornings. So, like, I love my mornings with him. And, like, for some reason, he's just... really funny in the mornings. That's <laughs> a really good fun it. fact. I can't explain it. But something about him is just so like free in the morning and he's his goofiest self. And it's just like, I love that energy for me in the morning. I love that. So it's just like now I can really enjoy it and let loose because we're not as stressed about figuring shit out in the apartment. Um, And now I just feel more comfortable and secure to know like, oh, it still is great. And if anything, I feel closer to him than before. So it's almost like I've proved all my fears wrong, even though it's only been a few months. I know that like we're still us. We're just actually a closer, deeper, different version of each other to each other now too. Mm. I love that. How were you able to, and and, and even now, because it's still relatively new, how have you been able to kind of maintain your independence while living together? I know a big thing is like still making time to do the things that you like and, and making time to see your friends and not letting it get in the way. I know sometimes we see our friends like move in with people and then we just never see them again or they get a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend and we never see them again. And I know that's something that a lot of people they get nervous about. So I'm definitely curious how, what your experience has been like. Well, I think the most important thing is that you're both the same in that way. So we're both very independent as people. And even in college, we were very understanding of like, okay, you're pledging right now. I'm not going to get mad at you for like constantly 
having to be with your frat or whatever. So I think we've always just been understanding in that way because we are so open with each other. We're not walking on eggshells like, I kind of want to do this thing, but I'm scared to upset him because I know I was supposed to hang out with him tomorrow night or whatever. Instead, it's like, hey, honestly, I haven't seen Julia in a month and I feel really bad and I genuinely miss her. Like, do you care if we do dinner Friday instead of Thursday? Like, you need to have the kind of relationship where you're both understanding of like, yes, prioritize your friendship. Like, you've been with me all week. Mm -hmm. Go see Julia. (laughs) Like, you... So then when it comes to living together, for me, the biggest challenge, because we are both independent, we're totally fine in terms of doing our own thing and allowing each other to do our own thing. But for me, it's more like now I have to worry about, I have like a weird lifestyle change now where I work nights a lot of the time. I'm not in a typical nine to five, so I'll work some nights and he'll be so kind and cook for me those nights. So then the other nights, I feel bad going to see my friends when he just cooked for me every other night. So it's not really about like, oh, I don't want to ditch him or is he going to care if I go see my friends? Now it's more like the splitting of the responsibilities that you feel bad about because like I'm not home a lot because of work or I don't have as much time and then he's doing more of like the chores. And then when I do have time, I'm like, I feel like I can't do X, Y, Z because I want to do something nice for him and cook breakfast or whatever. So that's been a weird change that I did not expect. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense because it's also like when he's at work, you're at home, but then like you're at home all day. And then when he comes home, it's like you, that'd be your time to go do something else if you can, if you're not working at night. And so I think that's where it gets hard. I mean, I know with one of my roommates, it was like, once we moved in together, we literally never saw each other because it was like, oh, well, we live together. So like, we don't need to make plans. And so it's, I think it, it's really important to remember to, to make plans together, but also make plans apart. Right. So that's where I think people get stuck in. We live together. So now you don't see your friends anymore. Cause it's like, people think you spend so much time living together that you don't need that. Like you can then spend the rest of your time hanging out with friends I agree with you in that I'm like, I feel like a lot of our time is being spent in just the mornings and night and not even nighttime, like just right before bed, which is great. But I also want to make sure that like Friday night, we still go out to dinner like this Thursday, we're going ice skating and like we still make our date night time. So now it's just now there's a little less time to navigate the other times of the week, which is also a huge part to my entrepreneurial situation as well because my hours are just crazier than the average person. So it's like when I would maybe hang out with friends half the week and Ethan the other half, I also have work half the night. So it's just like that's more so what that's about. But yeah, it's, it's like juggling trying to do kind things for each other to help each other out because now you live together while also not just being like, okay, but the rest of the time I'm going to go ditch you and be with friends. Thanks for dinner the other few nights. So like that's been the harder thing to juggle, which I've never dealt with because balancing him and my friends, I I know many of my friends have said this to me. Like it's actually something that I was really proud of, mm-hmm. the ability to do that where now I feel like I have to prioritize Ethan and work. So I'm trying to hang out with friends like once a week and it's just a hard balance. It's hard and it's always going to be something and you, but you're, yeah. you're doing great. And I, I want to kind of bring it back to how you mentioned it's that you guys have been able to make it work because you're so communicative and so open, like even with like, oh, like I know we have plans, but I haven't seen Julia in a while. And like, 
I miss her. Can we switch the night of dinner so I can go see her? And it's like, literally every single thing goes back to communication. Everything. Yeah. If you are sitting there and you're like, oh, like I, we have dinner plans, but I haven't seen Julia, but like, I can't see Julia because we have dinner plans. And then you just don't say anything. Then you're going to get stress and you're going to start building that up as like a little point of resentment. And you're like, Mm -hmm. well, I couldn't see Julia because we had dinner plans, even though he had no idea you wanted to see Julia. And (laughs) so it's like all those little things can build up on each other. And that's why I love how much you're talking about how like there were never these like big moments of like making a decision or having to have this like argument or discussion because it's just constant open communication. And I think when we think about healthy relationships and we think about making it work, that is really what it comes down to. And I know sometimes it's hard, but you have to start somewhere and you have to learn. And and even if it is just saying like, hey, I, I miss Julia and I want to see her, <laughs> like that's a perfect, great way to practice it, whether it's with a friend or with like someone you're newly dating or starting to live with. It's just like little things like that, that, that you want, but are like kind of afraid to ask for because you don't want to upset somebody. Like it'll be more upsetting to you both if you hold back. Yeah. And it, again, it doesn't have to be these big moments of like, should I say it? It's more so if you're constantly communicating, he knows where I'm at. If I'm like, oh, I've been so stressed. I have work around the clock. I want to be able to do this for you. I want to see my friends. They're all doing something Saturday night, but I have a family event. Like if I'm constantly communicating my stressors, I have a teammate. Hopefully if you're in a healthy relationship, you have someone who cares about you and is like, okay, let's figure this out. Mm -hmm. I know we have date night Saturday. Why don't we do it Tuesday instead or whatever? And like, it's okay. Let's do it Tuesday when you have more time next week and like go see your friend Saturday or go do this or like, do you want to just do nothing? Like you shouldn't be scared to say to your significant other that maybe it's just too much for you right now to like make a plan for this whole date and you kind of just want to hang in and drink wine. Like these shouldn't be big points of contention or like something you're building up in your head if you're in a healthy relationship you should or you can practice open communication and just constantly even if it's just venting like those vent sessions it allows your partner to know exactly where you're at yeah and exactly what is going on in your head and what might be like upsetting you or triggering you and Mm -hmm. I mean it happens like with, with me and Jake too I mean there are sometimes where like I was excited for like him to come over and us to just have a chill night. And he's like, I had like a super stressful day. I really want to go play basketball. And like that for me, like I know that's how he relieves his stress. Like that is what, that is his way of practicing self-care is like going and playing basketball. And so I'm like, okay, like I'm, I had a stressful day and I was excited to see him, but he also had a stressful day and he needs to go do this thing to feel better. And like, I'll let him do that. Like, because if the roles were reversed, I would want him to encourage me to do that. And so it's like, Sometimes, yes, you do have to compromise a little bit, but it's like the tiniest thing. And then like, I'll sit down and catch up on a show and I'm totally fine, you know? Because you also care about his mental health exactly. and you know it's not personal. Exactly. And I think that's such a huge thing that I hear. It's like people feel guilty. I have a friend who I won't say too much because I did not ask her if I could share the story, but she has a new boyfriend and he was like, I, he woke up with her and was like, I really want to go for a run. And she was like, so go for a run. And he was like, really? Like he was used to his past controlling relationship where that wasn't normal. Cause like 
the girlfriend would be like, well, we're having a morning together. So what do you like, what do you mean you want to go for a run instead of spending time with me? Like, that's toxic. What's healthy is being able to communicate like, oh, I really want to go for a run and your partner to be like, do what you love. Like, that sounds like, great. It sounds for great. A run. I won't join <laughs> yeah. you, but like power to you. I'm going to go eat waffles. That is literally me. Ethan is training for a marathon and he oh runs every single day, like 11 plus miles. I'm like, all right, see you in five hours. That's fine. Another example, he plays hockey every Friday night. When he initially went to sign up, he was like, this is the only time, the only league, like he loves to play hockey. And he's like, this is the only time, the only league I can play. But like, if you, he's like, do you think that's going to be a problem? Like every Friday night at 10. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to, say don't go play hockey like we can if we ever want to have dinner on a Friday night we'll have it at seven we won't drink you'll go play hockey like it's for two months I plan to be with you forever go play hockey (laughs) like you need to be able to just be supportive of each other and also I appreciate what he did by asking and being like would this upset you and then he gave me the opportunity to be supportive rather than him just being like fuck you <laughs> right it also that also <laughs> gives you the opportunity to say like, okay I know now on Friday I can make plans with my friends to catch up with yep. them and and Julia and I can see each other <laughs> Julia <laughs> love it <laughs> yes exactly yeah so on that note of like saying independent and, and kind of making your lives work around each other how I know obviously your your thing your brand is self-care so how do you maintain your self-care and and actually like continue practicing that even when you are wrapped up in your relationship or you're wrapped up in finding an apartment or trying to balance relationship work and friendships how do you actually still have time for yourself and know when you need time for you I'm very lucky in that Ethan also understands the value of self-care and has his own self-care practices. He wakes up and meditates every single morning and I don't even do that. Yeah. So like, I'm very lucky that he'll literally say, have you, I don't know, like, have you meditated in the past few weeks? Like if I'm complaining about being stressed, he'll, he'll say like, I, why don't you go journal? So like, I have someone who knows what works for me and will say, go do this. You seem stressed. So that's always good. But I hold myself accountable. Honestly, it's just become such a important thing in my life that I notice when I'm not doing the things that make me feel good. And when you have so many stressors and you have businesses and friends and a relationship and all of that to juggle, that's when I feel even more pushed to self-care, where when I'm doing really well, I might not be drawn to journal or take a moment of silence or whatever it is or go for a walk because like I'm just happy and I'm enjoying work and I'm enjoying being social and whatever. And those things come in waves. Some weeks I'm so social. It's all I want to do. And other weeks I'm like, okay, all I want to do is my own thing. And like, that's also an important thing when it comes to self-care is figuring out what you need in that moment, in that week, in that month. Like it can ebb and flow. It can change. But for me, it's just, it took me a while to figure out what self-care tools work for me by just testing a bunch of things out. And now I can't live without them. And when I feel beyond anxious in my chest, I do breath work. And when I feel cooped up and like stir crazy in here, I go for a walk and listen to a podcast. So like I know what I need in any given moment to the point where now it's like if I have a trigger, I know exactly what to do. And that all just came naturally. It wasn't like this big strategy or plan. It's just once you find what works for you by testing things out, you'll be pushed to do those things when you need them. 
yeah, I think that's amazing. And I think it's amazing that you were able to figure out like what tools work for what situations. And, and that's why I think it's so important. I mean, I, I know we, we talked before on dare to self care about how, like for me, my form of self care sometimes is coloring and like that might in no way be yours or anyone else's. I know like one of my mm-hmm. best friends is like, how do you do that? Like it's the most stressful thing in the world. I'm like, for me, <laughs> like it's, it's what works. And sometimes like I will just literally cancel plans with friends or with Jake and just like color because that yeah. is what I like need to do in that moment. And it's, it's something where like, like sometimes I know like after we finish recording, like I'm going to go walk to the dog park because it gets me outside and it get, tires Barkley out. But half the time when it comes down to it, I'm like, Oh, I really don't want to go. It's cold. It's going to get dark really early. Like I need to keep going on work, but like I need to push myself to do it. And sometimes it really is like, like having someone also to push you. And it's like, so I'll text Jake and be like, should I go? Or should I just not? Or like, should I go to Pilates or should I not? And he's always like, you will feel better once you go. And, and that is always correct. (laughs) Exactly. So you, it shouldn't, Getting carried away with your relationship shouldn't drive you away from self-care because one, you can find things you like together, like a meditation or whatever floats your boat or walking the dog together. But two, you know what works for each other so you can support each other in that and be like, you should go do that instead of like doing this because that always makes you feel better and then you can go lay on the couch for the rest of the night. Exactly. I'm still hung up on on what happened with your friend, but the guy who was like, I want to go for a run. The run. Like, no, because no, I've been in situations like that and where it's like I either don't want them to do something or they don't want me to do something. And like that just screams unhealthy, like toxic relationship that's filled with anxiety. And and sometimes like it I'm like I really want to emphasize that because I know sometimes like we need to be shaken out of that. Like we think it's normal to be treated that way or to treat somebody that way. And it's it's not. It's just not. If you find yourself walking on eggshells, I think that's a huge red flag because I think it should be your safe space when you're with your in a healthy relationship when you're with your partner. But if you feel like you can't even go for a run or you can't go see your friend who you haven't seen in a month, that's a problem. If you feel concerned or scared or nervous to tell your partner any of that, that's a problem. Yeah. And you're not happy because that's, you can't, you can't possibly be happy if you're worried about doing something you love. Totally. And I don't want anyone to be listening and being like, oh, well, like they're like two lucky people who are just like in these great relationships. Like it's not fair. It's not always like that. And it's like, like I've been in a lot of really bad relationships and that's why I know that those things are not good. And those things are not what you need in order to have a successful relationship. And you've been in a relationship where you've had to experiment with things and try and fail and then like try again and figure out what works. And so it's not like, oh, we're just here sitting pretty like in our good relationships. It's like we had to make it work and we had to figure out how to make it work. And like we had to go through it not working and then reconsider and and try and like start over. And so it really just is like, like kind of like we're trying to like wake you up or like if you hear this and and you can identify a friend who's in this type of relationship like maybe it's worth a conversation you know like we all want to be happy we all want our friends and people we love to be happy so yeah at the end of the day being in a relationship just for the sake of being in a relationship and getting that attention it's not worth it if you're not happy no you can be happy alone hanging with your friends doing something for your career starting a side hustle and wait until you feel that healthy, happy feeling where you find someone who supports you. Again, like you said, so much easier said than done. I understand that. 
But one day, what's that cliche quote? It's like you will one day you'll find someone who makes you understand why it never worked out with anyone else. And it's so true. Yep. It's true. And also if you're holding on to that person that you're not feeling happy with, like that's just holding you back from finding the person that you will feel like happy and and whole with. Um, Yeah. Going into what you just mentioned about starting a side project, obviously (laughs) you are fully like an entrepreneur now and have started things and, and pursued that. And that wasn't something you were always doing. And obviously that is something that can also affect relationships. Like I've been there too, and I've seen it happen. And I'm wondering how that conversation started to come up and how you guys worked that out together. Cause obviously like you're living together now, like you are, you like your finances are each other's finances too. And so taking a risk like that is something that you you probably had to decide together. Yeah. What What's great is that he finds it, luckily for me, attractive that I am like doing – like he, he thinks being different is cool. So at the end of the day – It is cool. Right. So like doing things that most people aren't doing, he admires it. He loves it. He supports it. But when I was in my full-time job after doing YouTube for a year and a half or – something like that and starting a podcast for like seven months at that point. So I've been doing side hustles for two years at that point, working full-time in PR, which is way more than a nine to five. It's like an eight to eight. At a certain point, he just saw me like not happy, so irritable, crying as I'm writing my to-do list. Like I just, it was brutal. So he helped me. He knew like my biggest pain point was figuring out my finances and budgeting and all of that. So he's good at that stuff numbers, his thing, not mine. So he helped me like with an Excel sheet and figuring out, okay, how much are you making? It and literally did the much... same thing for me like a month ago. Really? I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Why are we the same person? <laughs> that is so funny. Um, Wait, that's so funny. So he helped me with that. And it's just, for, it goes all goes back to having someone who supports you, but also like that's sort of how we did it again, navigating it as a team here, how can we figure this out? Literally to the point where he was like, use less toilet paper. <laughs> I go through it so quickly. And he's like, you need to stop buying, going to CVS every week. Like we went through You everything. go to CVS for your toilet. That's your problem. Not anymore. Not okay, anymore. Okay. I learned. Good. Not anymore. <laughs> it was under my apartment. So when I was in need, I would run downstairs for toilet paper to go back up so I could use it. Yeah, but you could figure out when you're <laughs> going to be in need two days before and order in not on good Amazon and save like 20 bucks. Not good at that. Not good at foreseeing the future. All of a sudden, I look down, there's no toilet paper. It's a flaw. Um. Anyway, so... <laughs> so wait, 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 hold on. But then how do you get from there to CVS? I, I before I sit on the toilet, see there's no uh. toilet paper make the move. Got it. Can't go any further than CVS because gotta go. Big difference there. Okay. I needed to clarify. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. So (laughs) forgetting what the question was, how, okay, how we navigate the entrepreneurship situation. Um, So yeah, anyway, he helped me figure it out financially. So it's like he knew my thought process through it all. He was able to support me through it. So as we've gone through it again, as you said, all goes back to open communication he understood why I was doing what I was doing. Why am I working nights? Because I want to work at this workout class. I'm doing the night shift so I can do my recordings and whatnot during the day. Like he knows the thought process and he also knows we want to be together long term and I'm investing in myself to hopefully be financially 
in a great place and doing what I love. And this is very temporary. So it's just being completely open with him and him seeing that for me. Like he genuinely believes in me and what I'm trying to create. So that helps. I think if he thought, which is also a sign of a toxic relationship, if he was the opposite of supportive, thought I was. And by the way, I'm not ashamed to admit that would probably, I'd be in a very different place today if I had, because I genuinely value his opinion. If he thought it was irresponsible, fucking weird, was embarrassed, all of that stuff or like super judgmental about me putting myself out there online or wanting to leave my job, it probably would have very much swayed me. So that's why I'm like, it's so important to have someone that supports you and it's so hard to find because people also get intimidated and confused by doing something outside of the box. But luckily by him knowing me from a young age and like what my strengths are, what my job past jobs experiences were like and all of that, he was able to sort of follow me and follow the growth of me and everything I want to do. And luckily just support it and have to be understanding of certain hours and whatnot, even though of course- Like when he cooks me dinner multiple times a week, I literally check in. I'll be like, are you starting to resent me? Like I get nervous. Mm -hmm. So again, open communication. I'm like, please don't resent me. Let me know if you need me to like order in food to rumble one night. Like I will do that. So like it's just all about open communication, honestly. And I'm trying to take more morning shifts than night shifts. So I'm not working so many nights a week and just navigating that together. Yeah, I love that. And yes, he was able to to like kind of see you grow up and and understand – what your passions were from an early age and stuff. But I also think that he understood that you were doing this because you were passionate about it and because you loved it. And I think that's so important because like, I mean, more often than not, you're not going to date somebody who's doing exactly what you're doing. And so I think, especially when you have to make sacrifices to pursue that, or when you have a job that is super demanding and, and you have to work nights sometimes or weekends sometimes, I think the most important thing is to make sure your partner understands like why you're doing it. You're doing it because you love it or you're doing it because even though you don't love it, you want them to feel, you want both of you to feel like you're working towards a financially stable future. So you're doing it for a few years now so that later you can spend more time with your family, like whatever it may be. I just think it's so important that you're open and again, communicative about the why you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think knowing like being able to, I know we keep going back to communication, but being able to communicate your why and your vision, it allows the other person to see what you're doing, why you're doing it, to then understand it's not personal. If you miss a meal or whatever it might be, like he knows it's absolutely not personal. And also we both genuinely want the best for each other, never want the other to resent the other person. So he knows that I have to do this for me. And he'll literally say that he'll be like, well, are you okay taking less night shifts? Like, are you going to be okay financially? So if they like, they'll genuinely want the best for you when you're in that healthy relationship and you hopefully won't have to feel any guilt or shame placed on you from them. Like, obviously sometimes it comes up internally, but from that person, as long as you're openly communicative in a healthy relationship, it should okay. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) For entrepreneurship. (laughs) For entrepreneurship. From communication. Communication. Yes. Communicate. Communicative. (laughs) Say communication one more time. (laughs) Five times fast. We need a a new word for sure. (laughs) Um, Before I let you go, since you are the self-care girl, 
Um, just really quick, I have two questions for you. One is, what is your favorite me- method of self care? Let's see. One of my favorites, which I think is super relatable because it doesn't have to be like a face mask, is just watching Real Housewives with red wine and doing nothing and not looking at a screen. Like when I'm, when I've had the most stressful week and I need to do something, it's that every time. Like I just need to watch reality TV, Love Island, something and relax. But otherwise, on the day to day, I love to go for a walk listening to an inspirational podcast or read with like my essential oils on, my salt lamp on, like set up a vibe wow. in bed and just read and be off of a fucking screen because I just feel like all I do is look at screens all day and something about looking at paper, it's just like it br- it grounds you almost. It just brings you back to like a very humbled relaxed state where it's just you and a book and some essential oils and it's the best thing ever. I love that. Okay. And with that, what is one method of self-care that you want to challenge everyone to try? Ooh. Okay. Always something I always recommend is journaling on this one prompt and it's what lights you up. So I find it so useful whenever I'm feeling like shit or like I'm in a funk I go to my journal and, I, and I'll be like, what lights you up? And I'll think about all the things that make me feel my best, what people light you up, what people drain you. And it's like, okay, let's hang out with these people this week. Let's do more podcasts or whatever it is that lights you up. So I think it's a great tool to just be super self-aware and do more things that light you up. I love that. I'm going to try that. I don't journal, Yay. but I want to try that. And I'm already It's thinking, so quick. I'm already thinking it's about so easy. things and people and yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a bulleted I'm, list. I'm going to I feel like that. sometimes, with, yeah, with journaling, people think it has to be like 10 paragraphs, but like some bullet points of who you love and what you love, like it's just useful. Yeah. It's also, I feel like it, it, like I'm happy thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to go do that at the dog park that I'm going to go to. And Done. then you're going to color. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find you? Thank you for having me. You can find me. My Instagram is Jen underscore Lauren with two N's. Everything's in the link in my bio. My podcast is Dare to Self Care Podcast. Find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, My YouTube channel is Jen Lauren on YouTube. And that's it. Guess what my middle name is? Lauren? Yep. Stop. This is so weird. This is getting too weird. We are the same person. Oh, yeah. And go listen to my episode on Dare to Self-Care because um, yes. you'll hear a lot more things about why we are the same exact human being. And Right. It's a good time. All right. It's weird. To everyone who listened, thank you so much. Don't forget to give a five-star rating and review. Follow Jen everywhere. Listen to Dare to Self-Care. And I will see you next time. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.